Hey there, educational rock stars. Are you feeling overwhelmed with lesson planning for your English language learners? Well, I've got some exciting news for you. Introducing our upcoming free webinar, Simplify Your Approach, Three Time-Saving Routines for ELL Success. Join me for a power-packed 45 minutes that's set to revolutionize your teaching strategy. In this webinar, we'll dive into three practical, easy-to-implement routines that will not only enhance your ELL teaching methods, but also save you hours of planning time. Yes, hours. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, these insights are tailored to help everyone make the most of their teaching time. Plus, you'll leave this webinar ready to implement these routines the next day. So mark your calendars for our two upcoming dates. I don't want you to miss this opportunity to transform your ELL lesson planning. To reserve your spot, simply sign up at www.equippingells.com slash routines. Trust me, your future self will thank you for it. I'll see you at the webinar. Teaching ELL students is a privilege and a joy. Is it easy? No way. But with the right support, you can feel empowered to tackle each day with ease and confidence. I'm your host, Beth Fauché, founder of Inspiring Young Learners. With over 10 years of teaching both nationally and internationally, I know what it takes to ensure that your ELL students have what they need to thrive today, tomorrow, and for life. I'm on a mission to empower you to equip your English language learners. Welcome to Equipping ELLs. Let's get to today's episode. You are listening to episode number 14 of the Equipping ELLs podcast. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Equipping ELLs. Today, we are going to be talking about a question I get asked a lot, and that is, how do I help connect with homeroom teachers who aren't really interested in working with ELLs and kind of expect me to do all the work? (laughs) Or another frequent question I get is, how can I successfully build a strong relationship with my co-teachers so we can better support our ELL students. If you have asked these questions yourself, this episode is for you. Make sure to stay until the end where I'll be sharing a free co-teaching survey to help you get started building connections with those content and homeroom teachers. All right, now let's get to the show. Now I am coming at you today with my perspective of what it's been like to be an ESL teacher and to be a homeroom teacher with an ESL teacher coming in. I've been on both sides. And so I'm going to give you my perspective of being on both of those sides. When I got my first teaching, I was a teacher's assistant for about a year and a half. And then I passed my bilingual certification so I could teach K through nine Spanish, which also gave me an ESL endorsement. And I later went on to get my ESL endorsement, bilingual endorsement. But once I passed that, that test, I was hired almost immediately to work first in, it was a a part-time job, two part-time jobs that they put together. In the morning, I worked at the head district office as a bilingual literacy coach, which was an incredible job that I wasn't prepared for, but they threw me in and I loved it. And in the afternoon, I went and worked with four newcomers from Mexico who were in fifth and sixth grade. 
And so I, this is how I began my teaching career. I then went on to be a homeroom teacher in second grade. It was halfway through the year that I started as a newcomer teacher with these four students. And let me tell you, I loved it. I loved these students. I was so excited to finally have my first job. I was overly confident (laughs) that I knew what to do. And I did not really take time to build a relationship with the homeroom teachers. And another thing to add is this is the school I went to as a, as a child. And some of those fifth and sixth grade teachers were teachers that were there when I was a child. And so that added a different, you know, dynamic that I was once a student of theirs and now a peer with them. And to be honest, they were pretty tough teachers. They were, their personalities were not very friendly. They had been teaching for a very long time and, and had things down of how they wanted them. And so in all honesty, newcomers were not their favorite and having me come in there was not their favorite. So (laughs) I tell you this because it didn't go well. There were multiple times where we just didn't connect. We didn't, you know, I wasn't really clear on communicating what I was doing with the students. They were not at all clear of what they expected me to do to help support the students in their class. They really saw me as just somebody who could take the students off their hands for a little bit each day and they didn't have to worry about them. They didn't give me really much to modify or do anything with them. And so it was just a pretty poor connection from the beginning and it didn't go well. So this is why I'm really passionate about sharing some ways with you to help get off on the right foot so that you can really build a solid connection with those homeroom teachers that you're supporting. And that in the end, it's so beneficial and so helpful for our ELL students. When you and the homeroom teacher are connected, you're building trust, you're communicating well. It's so helpful for you and it's so helpful for your ELL students. So don't do what I did and not really build into that relationship, not take the time to get to know them and build that foundation with them because it really went poorly. So anyways, let's get in now to the three ways that you can engage and build relationships with your homeroom and content area teachers. Now it first begins with building trust and building a relationship with them. It's really the same as with our students, right? When we talk about how do we connect with our students, it all begins with a relationship and building that trust. So the same is true about the teachers that we work with. So I want to encourage you to take time to get to know the teachers that you're working with. I mean, really know them. And I know this is hard when you're working with multiple different grade levels and multiple different teams and some teams that have been together for a long time. And you maybe you're new into the school or new into the district. And so it can be really intimidating. But when people see that you really want to get to know them, when you have a genuine interest about them and their lives, they're going to start to reach out to you. They're going to start to want to build that relationship as well. So ask those questions to them, get to know them. Do they have kids? Do they come in early to school or do they stay late after school? I always knew that one of the teachers I worked with, the ones that would get there super early in the morning and that was their time to work and they left immediately at 2.45 when the bell rang because they had kids that they had to go pick up and that was their time to be with their family. And then there was other teachers like myself and some other young single teachers who we'd stay there till seven o'clock at night and really we shouldn't have, we would just work <laughs> and hang out. 
But those were the teachers I knew that would be available after school. And so finding that common time that works for both you and for the teachers that you're working with of when is it that you can meet? When is it that works as best for you and them? Maybe it's during lunch. Maybe you do have a common plan time. That's always a blessing when that happens. But take time to get to know them. Know what their favorite sweet treat is so that you can pick them up on a bad day. Who doesn't love to have a little surprise on their desk when they've been having a bad day? All of us do. And so finding those little ways to say, hey, I'm here to support you. I'm here for you. I value this relationship and I want us to work together is huge. And that is where it has to begin to build that relationship and build that trust. Because it is a lot. If I switch over to the homeroom teacher side, it is a lot to have somebody come into your classroom and try to tell you tips or tell you new things that you should be doing, especially for homeroom teachers when they're feeling overwhelmed and they're feeling burdened about so many different things. And so sometimes they receive that as they're not doing enough or you know better than they know. And that's when sometimes homeroom teachers can get defensive. And so when you start off with that, building that relationship, getting to know them, it helps to build that common trust and that they know when you come in, they know who you are, you know who they are. And honestly, when I switched over to being a homeroom teacher, I did not take the time to get to know the ESL teacher either. We only had one in our school. It was a K through six building. And she had about 85 students on her caseload. So there was no possible way for her to get to know every homeroom teacher in depth. And that's okay. And, but as a homeroom teacher, if you're a homeroom teacher listening to this, take the time to go get to know your ESL teacher because they have a lot on their plate too. And so it's mutual. We need to get to know each other and we need to have that commonality and that trust in trusting that each of us knows what's best for the student. The second tip to engaging and building connections with the content and homeroom area teachers is so crucial. And this is something really that you can get set up in the summer for school is great. But even right now, starting to figure this out and how this works with you and the teams that you're working with. But this is to have clear communication and expectation of roles. Clear communication is vital in the, in how you and that teacher and will support those students in their class. So in getting to know the teachers you work with, it's important to know when does the teacher or team of teachers like to meet so that you can try to be there if possible. Again, if you're working with K through five and you're working with 80 different students, you'll have to figure out how you can do this best. You might only be able to make it to one team meeting a month, but try to do your best to check in on those team meetings, know what they're teaching, what content area topics are coming up, what assessments are coming up, and figure out how you can help support your ELLs with those topics that they're learning in the classroom. You want to find out how do they communicate best? Is it through email? Is it through text message? Is it through having, you know, maybe your school has a system that's set up where you can communicate messaging each other through something like that. Finding out how to best communicate with the teachers is crucial so that you can be on the same page and that you know how to reach them. The last thing you want is to be trying to email them and not hearing back from them and then getting frustrated and 
maybe not having time to address that of why are they not responding to your emails? So having that clear expectation of, Hey, this is how I'm going to be communicating with you. If you want this differently, then let me know. Otherwise, here's my expectation is that you'll respond to these things and that we'll have a communication through email. Now, I really believe in having a go-to system for you to store work, classroom projects that they've been working on, classroom projects you're working on with them in your classroom, that you can share the goals that you're working on for that semester, and then anything else, parent contact, having one place where you put all this information for your students. Maybe you have a school-wide system and using that to, to take notes of when you've contacted parents or take notes of, you know, areas you've seen growth in, or take notes of maybe some things that the student has told you about what's going on at home that the homeroom teacher should be aware of. Having a go-to place for you and the homeroom teacher to be able to quickly check in on how the student is going is vital. Now you could use something like Google Docs and create or Google Drive and create a folder for each of the students that you're working with and then share them with the homeroom teacher and remind them, hey, remember we're putting, you know, take a quick picture of the work they're doing and put it in here. We're building a portfolio or I'll put the reports in here so you can see them whenever you want to see them. There's another website and I'm going to link in the show notes to this of a easy way to set up a system for you and homeroom teachers to communicate with each other. And this website's called Airtable. And this is really just kind of an Excel on the cloud and it's really user-friendly. So if you're someone that doesn't like Excel, I do not like Excel at all. It's not user-friendly to me, but Airtable is. And the beautiful thing, it's in the cloud. And so you and that homeroom teacher can be communicating through that and you that homeroom teacher can quickly check on, okay, what are the goals again we're targeting this month? Let me check and see, you know, or what am I responsible for? What should I be doing? Here are some strategies that the ESL teacher has provided me with, or here's some videos that will help me know how I can provide some scaffolds and supports. Having a go-to system, whatever it is, whether it's your school-wide system, whether it's Google or whether it's Airtable, which you can check out the, it's about a 20 minute video of how to set it up for a communication system. And it's free. Figure out some way that you can clearly communicate that it doesn't have to be in person because the reality is our days as teachers, as moms, as you know, juggling all these different things, it's very hard to catch each other. And a lot of times it's in the hallway when you're headed off to another, to pick up your students or to go to another meeting. And so it's hard to really have genuine conversations and checking in on your students. So having a clear communication system is going to really help streamline that process. Another tip for having clear communication and expectations of roles is to be honest with what you know and where you aren't sure of the answer. You don't have to know everything. And this was definitely a setback of mine that, that first year of teaching when I just was overly confident. I was just so excited to finally have my own classroom. So I don't think it was confidence, but it was just excitement that, you know, every night I wanted to do more and I wanted to plan more and I just couldn't stop. And 
there were a lot of things, you know, we, we kind of got into a little discussion, a little debate where the sixth grade teachers were upset with how I was grading and they had the right to be because I didn't know. I didn't know what their expectation was. I didn't know what rubrics they were using. I didn't know how they graded a student who was having modified instruction. And I should have just said, Hey, reports are coming up. Let's sit down and talk about what's the expectation for grades. Having that conversation beforehand, instead of them receiving my grades and then calling a meeting, pretty upset about that. And I didn't really have an answer for that. And so that would have saved a lot of my time and just a lot of learning for me to be able to sit with them and talk through that instead of kind of on the reversal side where they were pretty upset and I'm feeling defensive. And so anytime you can communicate beforehand and just say, you know what, I'm not really sure about this. That is a great place to start. And it helps that homeroom teacher, that content area teacher also admit when, you know, I'm not really sure how to support the student with their reading. And it gives you an opportunity to come in and show what you know about helping support that ELL. Be honest when you're not sure. It's a beautiful place to be. Another tip for clear communications and expectations of roles is to just have a clear conversation. And again, this is always better when you can do it up front before you run into a situation, but just reminding them of your roles as an ESL teacher. And that is to remind them that you aren't homework help. You're not the reading intervention teacher. You're not an intervention teacher. You are the English specialist to help support those English language learners. And so some of them just don't know what that exactly means and what that should look like. And you want to be clear that when they see you, it doesn't mean, oh, just give you the worksheets and that you should be modifying all of the things. Or, oh, if you speak Spanish, you should be translating everything and calling all the parents for me that speak Spanish. You want to make sure that you are clear with your role and how you see your role you know, at the beginning of the year, of course, but even right now, before you run into a situation where you're feeling like you're not being respected or, you know, they're just not really giving you time as a fellow teacher, talk about those things beforehand so that it's done in a way that you're not feeling, you know, on the spot or defensive about it, but it's just a clear reminder of what your role is and then what their role is as a teacher of ELLs, because we're all teachers of ELLs. And so just gently encouraging them and reminding them that they also play a role in that journey of the ELL as they modify instruction, as they scaffold and add in strategies and showing them that you're willing to be there to help support them in that, to model new strategies, to help however you can. And then the last tip for ways to engage with your homeroom and content area teachers is to give grace and to find small opportunities to help them celebrate small wins and learn how to help support their ELLs. So sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes it's hard when we have developed a love and passion for working with ELLs to work with someone who maybe isn't quite there yet. And the reality is judgment or lectures are not going to help them see the beauty of working with ELLs. So I want to encourage you to give them grace. We want to just help find ways, small wins of ways that they are 
shifting their view, and starting to see the beauty of supporting and working with ELLs. And they might not be as far along as we are, and so we want to make sure that we're not placing that upon them, but just helping them move along on the journey so that they can become passionate advocates for their ELL students. Now, here are some ideas of how you can help support your homeroom teacher so that they can then support their ELLs. One idea is you could host a book club. There are so many amazing professional development books out there on specifically supporting the needs of ELLs in different content areas. So you could pick a topic and just go in depth on that and maybe meet once a month during a lunch hour and see, you know, even if they could get professional development hours for that. But building that community and those discussions is huge. You could also ask some of the teachers that you're working with if you can model a lesson and a strategy that would be beneficial to ELLs. And as we know, why we love the strategies is because it's not just beneficial to ELLs, but all students succeed from having these strategies in place. So see if there's an upcoming lesson that you feel really confident about that you can help to show easy ways that you could scaffold. And remember to start simple, just giving them one simple strategy to try, encouraging them in that, checking in, seeing how they're doing with it. And then when they're ready, you can add in another one. Another idea is you can send a monthly email with one strategy to try. So again, simplicity is a beautiful thing. If a teacher can click on a quick YouTube video, that's three minutes or five minutes, and it tells them about a strategy that they can try out. That's a great win. And a lot of teachers are going to see that maybe they're doing a lot of these things already, and maybe just need to tweak it a little bit to bring in the language component, or maybe just seeing one strategy sparks that idea that they had learned two years earlier, but they forgot about. And so sending those quick and simple reminders just once a month helps to really build a culture in your school of knowing and desiring to learn how to work with the English language learners in their class. When the ESL teacher and homeroom teacher are on the same page, our ELLs will soar. Realistically, this isn't always the case though. So do what you can to build a positive relationship with the homeroom teachers by getting to know them, by setting up clear lines of communication, and by giving them grace while you're helping them to learn. Now, to help you get started, make sure you grab your free co-teaching survey in the show notes below to help you begin to build the relationships and for your homeroom teacher to begin to get to know you. Also, if you are looking for strategy videos that you can help to change the environment in your school to help homeroom teachers who maybe don't have any experience or training in working with ESL students, you can check out my course, ELL Strategy Academy, where I walk you through 25 different strategies that support all the different language levels and the different domains. And each strategy has a sketch notes video. So it's a quick tool that you can share and show in action how to set up the strategy, how long it usually takes, what materials they need to do it. Plus all the strategies that need materials to go with it already have editable templates that you can download and use for whatever content area you are working with. So if that sounds like it would be helpful for you, you can check that out in the show notes and it's called ELL strategy Academy. Now, if you enjoyed 
this episode, make sure to join me for next week's episode, where I'll be sharing three ways to engage with the parents of ELLs. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you're looking for even more support and done-for-you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs, head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.